0: Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of My Thoughts Exactly. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am so, so happy that you are here. Before we get started, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. We post weekly on the podcast every Wednesday and the video version goes live on Thursdays and you're not gonna wanna miss it. Now, today we are doing another Ask and answer another what would Sav do. We are going through what is going on and seeing how I, Sav, can help. If you would like to be a part of these in the future, make sure you go ahead and follow the My Thoughts Exactly Instagram page. That is where we get all of the submissions for the segments and just for future segments and things like that. You're not going to want to miss it. So make sure you're tuned in. That way you can participate in the next one. But I'm very excited about today's episode and today's segment in particular because I did skim over the questions a little bit and a lot of the questions that you guys asked and the things that you were talking about they're actually things that I've wanted to talk about on the podcast before but I felt like they weren't broad enough topics where I could create whole episodes surrounding them so I am very excited so let's just jump right on into it today let's see okay starting off strong i always say this but i think it is really interesting to see how many of you are going through similar experiences i'm looking at the questions right now and so many of them are literally the exact same things and so just so you know like if you are feeling alone out there in what you're going through i promise you because i'm looking at it with my own two eyes that you are not alone in your situation. Okay, so first one, I just graduated high school, but I don't think I'm ready to go to college in the fall. Do you have advice? Well, you are speaking to someone who is a college dropout. I went to one year of college in 2015, from 2015 to 2016. And I actually I didn't even leave like on my own accord. I didn't get like expelled or anything. I just was actually placed I feel like I've talked about this before. I, I don't know if I have I was placed on an academic success suspension. Um, I've always really struggled with academics and you know I've yeah it's just been something I've struggled with for a very very long time and I was very embarrassed about it for a while the fact that I was placed on a suspension and basically what that looked like for me was that I had to take a semester off. like I had to leave for a semester and then I was allowed to go back. However, I just decided not to go back. And I truthfully believe that everything happens for a reason because when I didn't go back, I started social media, I got into YouTube, and that is why we are where we are at today. And again, I just think that everything happens for a reason. And the school that I went to was actually a arts school. Like it was a music school. I went to Belmont in Nashville. And if you don't know, that is a music school and I was in their vocal program. So that's what I was doing for a while. And then once I left, I was really, I remember the day. I remember the day that I got the news that I wasn't allowed back. And my mom had actually told me that she had gotten a letter or something that said I wasn't allowed back. And personally, I remember thinking that this is exactly what needed to happen. Obviously, in the moment, it's a little bit jarring because you're like, oh, shit, like, what am I going to do now? And especially because for at that time in particular, I feel like it's gone. You know, the scale has kind of evened out a little bit. But at that time in particular, you know, going to college like that wasn't a question. It was you're going to college, you're going to get a degree. And it's your four years of figuring out, you know, four years at least of figuring out what you're going to do. Anyways, I know you didn't ask for the life story, but I do think that from someone who, you know, didn't really go to college, I do have a little bit of a leg to stand on in this conversation. And for me, I think that I always... I always had faith that everything would work out. I always really believed that everything was going to play out the way it was supposed to. And personally, for me, I always had a gut feeling that college was not the answer for me. However, again, at the time, it was like, you know... I saw it and my family saw it as, you know, going off to college and then we're going to figure out what you want to do. You know, it's going to be the trial period to kind of figure out what your parameters are, what you're going to want to do afterwards. And now that that was taken away and we were really, you know, starting at square one again, it definitely came with its own set of nerves and its own set of, you know, being unsettled and a lot of unknowns. But if you are someone where you truthfully believe that college is not right for you and this is not something that you want. It to do in your life then that's completely fine you know you will figure it out and you have to trust that process as well and the thing is is that college is not going to go anywhere I know it's like societally you know normal what the norm is is to you know you go right after high school but college is never going anywhere so if you wanted to take a year off get a job or take a year off go travel take a year off and do whatever it is that you want to do to expand your mind and to just do something different with your life then do do it and then if let's say you decide in a year or two years or whatever that you want to go back you always can it's always going to be there so you know I think that that should give you a little bit of a security blanket knowing that it's always going to be there I do think that you know, the reality of the situation, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, is that not going to college does add a lot more of an unknown and a lot more of a stress because, you know, you're not having the safety net of college and that type of guidance and guiding you through classes and internships and all of these different things if that's what you want to do. But again, if it's not, then it's not. And if that's truly what your heart is telling you to do, again, it's always going to be there. But I think it's important to listen to your gut, listen to your instincts. And if you want to go and have a different type of adventure and go on a different path that is okay I remember when I left college and I was at home it wasn't you know it wasn't normal like everyone that I knew was at college and that's why I started social media because everyone was off at school everyone was off doing something and I was at home and I didn't have really anything to do granted I was taking community college courses Um, I was taking some online some in person I was taking behavioral science and that was all very interesting, but none of the courses that I was taking, I knew were going to you know, help me in the long run or do anything for me or my future. I will say I took behavioral science classes and that was great in regards to killer instinct and all of that. But when it comes to going to college, I think you should really weigh out all of the pros, all of the cons and see where your heart is really lying. What is your plan? I think that's really important too. If you decide not to go, What is going to be the plan in place? Is it, you know, you're going to get a little side hustle job? Is it you're going to travel? Is it, you know, you're going to do whatever it is you're going to do. If you're just not going to go because you don't want to go and you just want to, you know, sit at home all day, I don't recommend that. But I think that if you have a different passion that you want to follow and you can make a plan, then by all means, go for it. I think that having a plan is really important. That way you're not, you know that way you're not walking into it blind because if you think about it you've spent your whole life in school you know in a structured environment and so when you rip that all away if you decide not to go to college it really is going to be a little bit of a culture shock so I think the best way to kind of avoid that is to make a plan because it's going to hold yourself accountable and that is going to be something that you need it's going to take a lot of discipline a lot of self-discipline a lot of motivation a lot of ambition but it's very doable so way out the pros and cons, make a plan, and then decide what you want to do based off of that. Okay, next one. I'm still having trust issues even with the healthiest and sweetest guy. Okay, we talked a lot about this in the last episode when it came to trust and trusting yourself. And just to give you a little spark note version of it. You know, I definitely recommend going and listening to that episode because we get down into the nitty gritty of it all. But I think when it comes to being in a relationship with a good guy after being burned so many times in the past, you really do have to rewire your brain a little bit for people that are, you know, guarded and they have trust issues. We're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. We're always waiting for something bad to happen. We're always waiting to get cheated on or get lied to or for something bad to happen. But something that you have to understand is that if you're always waiting for the next shoe to drop, if you're always waiting for something bad to happen, you're not fully allowing yourself and honoring yourself in that relationship that you're in, the new one that you're in. Because the fact of the matter is, is that if you are in a relationship with like the sweetest, nicest guy ever, you're doing yourself a disservice by just anticipating the worst. Because first of all, you're not allowing yourself to actually enjoy the relationship that you're in. Because if you're going to constantly walk around thinking that something bad is gonna happen, you might as well be single at that point because you're really just torturing yourself. And the second thing is that, you know, it's also not fair to you or to the other person. I think you need to rewire your brain a little bit to understand that you deserve to be in a relationship with the nicest, sweetest guy ever. I remember when I first started dating Hayden and I had that same mindset. I had that same mentality. And I remember I was working with my life coach at the time and I kept telling her over and over, like, I just, I feel like something bad is going to happen. I'm waiting for the next shoe to drop. I'm waiting for something bad to happen. And she just would tell me, she'd be like, well, what if it doesn't? And I'd be like, what do you mean? She'd be like, well, what if it doesn't? What if everything works out? Like, just switch the perspective a little bit. What if everything works out? And it made me realize that if she's right and everything does work out, but I am sitting here torturing myself, thinking that, you know, I need to be guarded. I need to have my guard up. You know, I'm waiting for the next bad thing. I'm going to be suffering for as long as this relationship lasts because I'm not just allowing myself to be happy you know you need to trust yourself and this goes back to the last episode you need to trust yourself in knowing that you can pick good people you can have a healthy relationship you can be with a good person you deserve to be with a good person and you need to trust yourself in knowing that you have the capability to choose a good person to be with and choose a good partner you know I feel like a lot of times there's like that running joke of like that people say sometimes when they have failed relationships of like oh I'm a really like I what is it like oh I can't pick them right or I'm a bad picker or something I don't know And I don't fully love that for several reasons, because it's not our fault that we put trust in people that do us wrong. It's, you know, it's more so the other way around, in my opinion. And so point being, I think it's just really important to remember to trust yourself and remember to trust the process. And also, let's say things do go wrong. You're going to be okay there is not a battle that you will be given that you cannot handle and i truly believe that so if let's say you know your worst fear in this relationship comes true okay and you you know you get proven right right you should have you should have stayed guarded or whatever you're gonna be okay It's going to be okay. It's going to be a lesson learned. And I feel like a lot of us, when we're in relationships, we try to do everything we can to avoid heartbreak in a a weird, twisted way. And I don't mean to get like poetic or whatever, but heartbreak even though it's a shitty thing, no one wants to go through it. It's a really, really painful experience. It also holds a lot of beauty in like a dark, twisty way. I know I feel like I'm like Meredith Grey and like Grey's Anatomy right now. But like there's a lot of beauty in heartbreak because it means that you had something worth holding on to and you had something that to you was special and you put your heart out there and you became vulnerable. So those are all good things. Those are things that we should not shy away from. And if it just so happens that things don't work out, you will be okay. And you're going to be one step closer to finding the person that you're supposed to be with. So if I were you, you know, and that's like the small percentage chance. So if I were you, I would switch your perspective. So instead of thinking that you're waiting for the bad thing to happen, or, you know, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop, I would switch the perspective to what if it all works out? Because honestly, you're doing yourself a disservice by having a mindset that, you know, Something bad is going to happen. And I think that by switching your perspective, that might help in that and just allow yourself to be happy. Understand that you deserve happiness. You deserve someone who is sweet and nice and kind and respects you. And, you know, just because you found someone like that, it doesn't mean that, you know, it's all gonna crash and burn. And if it does, in the off chance, the slim chance, okay, if the slim chance, you will also be okay. So, Switch your perspective, allow yourself to be happy, it's all going to be okay. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. What would SAV do if your family is super toxic and you know you need to cut them off, but they are the only people you have? Well, I think that no people is better than toxic people. Is it no people are better than toxic people or no people is better than toxic people? Either way, no people over toxic people. And I think that, you know, it's family and a lot of people say you know the whole blood is thicker than water and you know you have to be loyal because it's your family and all those things i don't think that that applies when it becomes toxic if there is toxicity if there is negativity if it is you know belittling to you you're honestly doing yourself again a disservice it's a key word here today you're doing yourself a disservice and you're not honoring yourself by just maintaining a relationship only because people are family i think that it's obviously all circumstantial and my hope is that because it's family, maybe you guys can get to a place in the future where you guys can maintain a healthy and solid relationship. But if right now there's toxicity, I think it's really important to remove yourself from that. Because honestly, being around toxic people is so draining. It really drains everything out of you. It's exhausting. And I don't think it serves you well in any way. And even if it means that by removing the toxicity, you're left alone, I think that that's better, I truthfully do, because in being by yourself, you're going to be able to better yourself, you're going to be able to take care of yourself, you're gonna be able to prioritize yourself with all without all of the extra background noise, and you're also going to be setting boundaries, and that's really, really crucial. Setting boundaries, regardless if it's with friends, family, romantic partners, whatever it is, boundaries are so, so crucial, and I feel like a lot of times when it comes to family, families oftentimes don't see boundaries, They just that they don't exist because you're family and it's just it's an excuse but Boundaries need to be set and need to be clear, especially in these toxic environments. I don't care if it's family or not. If it's toxic, a boundary needs to be made. That way, it's clear that you can't behave this way around me. I'm not allowing this toxicity, this negativity into my life. And if you want to be a part of my life, then this shit's not going to fly. So that's the mindset that I would go into it with. And I truthfully think, again not having toxic people in your life and having no one is better than having a bunch of toxic people in your life and being surrounded by people all the time because again just focusing on yourself prioritizing yourself setting boundaries that should be your main priority so i hope that that was helpful my best friend stopped talking to me and hanging out with me randomly one day she then invited she then had a party at her house and invited everyone. While at the party, some of my friends have told me that she has said things like she's calling me a bitch, fake, etc. So I texted her and I called her out on it. She denied ever saying any of those things. However, she then told me that she needs space. She said that she... She has never but she has never asked for space before. When I asked her if I did something, she said, I don't know, but she's my best friend and I love her so much. What should I do? Okay, personally for me, that whole situation just sounds very petty. And I feel like if someone is your best friend, they know you like the back of their hand like I know my best friends like the back of my hand I know how situations affect them I know their mentality I know you know how their mind works that's why we're best friends and if someone we're at an age now where we are grown right we're too old for the middle school bullshit drama it's just not necessary and it's not effective and it's so freaking petty and for me if I was upset with my friend if my friend did something instead of running around town calling her a bitch and a fake and you know whatever. It is I'm gonna approach her directly and I'm going to tell her what's wrong, or I'm at least going to give space to the relationship. And if it comes up, it comes up. That's how I'm going to approach it. However, I'm not going to beat around the bush and talk behind their back. And if they ask if I did anything wrong, I'm not gonna just sit there and say, Oh, I don't know. Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. I just need space. So for me personally, to just flip that around on the other side, if someone did that to me, you can have all the space you want because I just think that that is so petty. And honestly, it really changes the mindset of how I will view our relationship. Because if you're going to be that petty about a situation and not let me know so I can fix it or I can have a conversation with you about it, then that is just a level of immaturity that I'm not willing to stoop to. And going back to what I was saying about, you know, me knowing my best friends better than anyone, like, I would not put my best friends through the ringer like that. If that is my best friend, even no matter how mad I am, no matter how upset I am, we're going to have a conversation and it's going i'm not going to lie to you i'm not going to be like oh i don't know maybe you did maybe you didn't i'm not going to be a gray about it i'm going to tell you what is wrong because i also know their mentalities and how much that will screw with their head if i'm just like oh i don't know and be super vague about it i think it's really selfish to act like that and it just brings more attention to the situation than needed because truthfully if someone said that to me Pretty much all desire I have to fix the situation goes out the window. If you want to just, you know, you want to play games like that, I'm not willing to entertain it. When you are ready to have a conversation, we can have a conversation. So if me, if this were me in this situation and that's the response that I was given, I would step back completely. If you want to send a final message and just say, I'm not going to sit around and play games when and if you want to have a conversation about what is wrong, I'll be here. But until then... See you later. You know, very blunt to the point, not beating around the bush about it. I know oftentimes our emotions take over in these situations and we want to write out the paragraphs and the essays and we want to say, I'm so sorry. I don't know what I did, but I love you and you're my best friend and da, 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 da. But no, you need to match energies in the situation. If someone is going to be petty with you like that, you know what they want, they're looking for the reaction. So they're looking for you to say, you know, oh, no, no, no. Like, I'm so sorry. What is it? I'll fix it. da, 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 da. da. Like if this is for real where you do not know what you did wrong, then I would just back away. I would back away, send the small, brief, blunt text if you want, Otherwise, I would just step away from the situation and honestly, when and if, because she will, she decides that she's ready to have some sort of a conversation, I would be a little bit guarded. I would be a little bit closed off, honestly, because if someone is your best friend and that's like your ride or die, that's your person, then it should not be as easy for them to treat you like that. And if that's your best friend treating you like that, then I feel like, there's, nah, I don't like it. I just don't like it. So I would back away. If she wants space, you give her space because I think you need space as well. I don't think that that's a healthy situation. I don't think it's a healthy dynamic. I think it's a power dynamic. It's a power play. And I don't like that. Hey, Sav, this is my submission for the What Would Sav Do This Week? I've been working at my current job as an ICU nurse for two years. I've made friends and gotten close to my coworkers, but I just got a travel nursing assignment on the other side of the country love that for you. I'm really excited, but I'm afraid to tell my coworkers I'm leaving. I don't want to make a big fuss or draw attention to the situation because I'm already stressed about starting the new assignment and moving again. I already moved across the country from my current job too. How do I gracefully exit without making too much of a big deal while still being respectful to my colleagues and leaving on good terms? Okay, first of all, this is all very exciting. All of this is really, really exciting. You starting a new job, you know, you it's, it's all very exciting and I think oftentimes in these situations when it comes to a career change or when it comes to just you know transferring or anything like that We oftentimes get really stressed in our heads because it's a very big deal for us. It's obviously, you know, you're uprooting, you're moving across the country. That is a very big deal. However, on the flip side, if you think about it, you have to remember that everyone in this situation hopefully is a mature adult human. And can understand that this is the natural progression of how careers work. Oftentimes, you get transferred, you get promoted, you move somewhere else. Like, this is all very normal things that are happening and it's a very exciting time for you. So I don't think you're drawing attention to yourself. I don't think that there's anything to be worried about. I think that this is a very exciting time and I feel like everyone else is going to be very excited for you as well because if you think about it, how would you react if you got news like this? If someone came to you and said, "Oh yeah, I'm getting, you know, transferred or I'm, you know, taking this other job and I have to, you know, move across the country for it." Obviously, you're going to be a little upset selfishly. You're not going to be upset at them. It's for selfish reasons because you want them to stay because you love them. But at the end of the day, you would also probably understand that this is how it goes. This is how, like, this is all a very normal, natural, and exciting Thing, So I wouldn't be worried. I wouldn't be afraid. I wouldn't be, you know, too stressed out about how you're going to tell them. I would just tell them and I feel like they will be very supportive. I think that you'll actually be surprised about the reaction that you get. So don't spend too much time in your mind being stressed about it because I promise you there's nothing to stress about. If I were you, I would just focus my energy on finishing out your time at your current job and getting ready for your big move because that is so exciting and I am so excited for you. Okay, moving on. There was actually two or three questions like this one. And essentially in a nutshell, the question is how to keep things exciting in a relationship, how to spice things up, how to not feel like everything is just very mundane and going through the motions. This is something that I have been wanting to talk about for so long. And I have so many conversations in my personal life with my friends about this same exact thing, because I think it's something that's very normal and very natural throughout the progression and throughout the duration of relationships. I know in one of the submissions that was sent today, someone said that they had been together with their partner for 10 years. And like, obviously when it gets to certain thresholds and certain significant markers in a relationship, there's going to be times where things just feel very mundane and like you're going through the motions. And and that was something that I learned when I moved in with Hayden that I honestly wasn't really expecting because I didn't think that life could be, you know, not exciting all the time because before we moved in together every time that I would see him it was exciting it was like I looked forward to it it was like we were going on dates and it was all like fun and then when you move in together or just when you are in a long-term relationship and you see each other very frequently it oftentimes can feel like you're just going through the motions of it all and so for me and talking to some of my friends about this at first I was a little worried I'm not gonna lie because I just felt like oh like why are we not like literally obsessed with each other 24-7 like we were when we were seeing each other, you know, not as frequently, but the fact of the matter is, is that's just not how normal life goes like obviously people work people have jobs you have chores you have errands like there's going to be mundane everyday life tasks and life gets in the way sometimes and you can feel like you're just reliving the same day over and over again and first things to know is that that is very normal and through talking to all of my friends through myself personally i can tell you that that is a very normal feeling and it's okay it doesn't mean your relationship is broken or anything like that what I will say is that some of the things that I've had to implement, the first being quality time versus passing time. I know that Hayden and I have had many conversations about this, especially when we first moved in together, because for me, I really value quality time. And in Hayden's mind, because we live together and we're seeing each other 24 seven, we both work from home, he would always get confused when I would tell him like, hey, I want us to spend some like more quality time together. And he would be like, I don't get what you're saying, because we are literally together all the time. Like how much more time could you need? So I needed to explain the difference between quality time and passing time or intentional time and just passing time so that was a hurdle that we had to get over and in terms of how we did so it purely just came down to being proactive and being intentional about the time that we spent together because if we were not proactive then nothing was going to happen we were just going to keep going through the motions through the day-to-day life not going on dates not you know putting in the effort to strengthen our relationship and it probably would have turned out pretty poorly And I would have driven myself absolutely batshit insane. But because we were proactive about it, we were able to get ahead of that. So how we did that was a couple different things. So typically what we liked to do, and I've seen a couple different things. I'll tell you what we do, and then I'll tell you some of the other ideas that I've seen that I really like. So something that we do is that we do a date night at least once a week or every other week, and we switch off on who plans it and typically that does involve going out to eat at least like once every two weeks we'll have an intentional like going out to eat date night or doing something where we're getting out of the house because again we both work from home we're here all the time and it can get a little bit repetitive so doing something that's different and just changing up the scenery a little bit really really strengthened our relationship and really helped feeling like we weren't just living the same day over and over over again now something else that really helped was just having intentional date nights at home Um, and there's a couple different ways that this can go down so the first one I don't know if you guys have heard about the game we're not really strangers this is not like sponsored or an ad or anything this is so real I love this game I've turned a lot of my friends onto this game that are in relationships it's called we're not really strangers and it's the couples edition and there's basically three different card packs within this box and it's just different thought-provoking questions that are good to ask your partner partner, things that you like wouldn't think to ask. Because I don't know about you guys. Sometimes, you know, when you are with your person 24-7, sometimes you sit down and you're like, I don't even know what to talk about because I see you all the time. We talk all the time. So it's really nice to have a like a kind of like a not an icebreaker, but like a question pack like that because you're just getting out of your normal conversation. Like I know Hayden and I a lot of times when we go out to dinner, it's hard for us to not just talk about church because and I feel like, and we laugh about it a lot because we always talk about how like when kids go, or not, sorry, when a parents go out to dinner and they always say like, you know, we are they always just talk about their kids and they talk about, you know, what's going on in the family and all of that. But for us, it's church, it's our dog. And so whenever we go out to dinner, we have to make like an active effort to not talk about church and to talk about other things like what's going on in our lives, our thoughts, our feelings, like we, anything that we want to talk about, it's all on the table. But also having something like we're not really strangers or there's a, bunch of different like question packs like that I really really recommend even if you're gonna do like an at like if you're gonna do an at-home date night like getting a bottle of wine and like a question pack like that and like a lot of guys I feel like might not be like super into it but like I promise you like it's a good time and it's fun and like it's not like super deep serious questions the whole way through it's like there's some funny ones in there some random ones in there I really really recommend it I'll put it on my story and this episode goes live so you guys can just get the quick links to it because I think that it's really really helpful to get out of your normal conversation and to change things up a little bit so yeah like either going out to dinner going out and doing something different like an activity like if you guys are really adventurous or really active people like going axe throwing or going bowling Just doing something that's intentional, doing something that's fun, because again, you wanna feel like you're dating. Like for me, the goal in my relationship is to always feel like we're dating. I don't want to get bored with each other. I don't want to, you know, not have fun around each other. We're still dating. Like, regardless of what stage in our relationship we're at, I want that fun to always stay alive. So just look at your guys' personality types, whatever sounds fun to you, whether that's like an activity, mini golf, bowling, like I said, axe throwing, rock climbing, like, Or if you're the type that you want to go on walks, like implementing different things. Like maybe you guys go on a walk together like every night or every other night or once a week or whatever. Just setting intentional time where you two can really connect is important. So doing one thing that's out of the house, but also... When you're at home, you can have fun date nights at home. Like I was saying, the we're not really strangers thing, like pop a bottle of wine open and like have some fun with that. I promise you it's a good time. Another thing that Hayden and I really like to do when we're at home is cooking. He's definitely more the chef in this relationship than I am, but I like to be the little, you know, I'm on the sidelines. I'm there and I'll have my little glass of wine and he'll be cooking and I'll help where I can and we'll just talk and it's a really, again, a fun way to connect and then by the time we're done cooking we sit down we watch like a fun show together also like you could start a series together like there are a lot of little ways that you can spice things up and to keep things exciting but I do understand I understand that sometimes it gets hard but the main thing that you have to remember is that you have to be proactive about it and it has to be like coming from both sides so it needs to be coming from you and your partner both of you need to be committed to dating like how to keep dating I could do a whole relation or a whole episode on this I might have to because I have so much to say about it but I just feel like it's always so important to keep dating and it's really important for both of you to try and be proactive because if it's just one person then first of all it feels like it doesn't feel as fun it doesn't feel as exciting because you just feel like you're the only one that's putting effort in and you're the only one that's trying so make it a point to your partner to have a conversation about this and just say how can we frame this like what can we do? Like what can our, like what can we do where Either you plan a date night, then I plan a date night, or we do one night at home and then one night out somewhere else, doing things like that. And it doesn't have to be expensive. I feel like a lot of times people think that like dating has to be really expensive. It really doesn't. Like at home date nights are so much fun. And sometimes they're even more fun than going out. Like if you do them right and you really can make time to like intentionally connect with your person, like that is really important. Like, that is really important and can be equally as fun as going out and way less expensive. Like, you don't have to go above and beyond. Granted, if you want to, I will say that going on a little, like, weekend getaway is always such a great move. I promise you, weekend getaways. I remember a couple weeks ago, Hayden and I went to Alabama Um, for a wedding and we you know I don't remember the last time that him and I just went somewhere together we typically don't and it was pretty and it was so needed and neither of us knew how needed it was until we got there until we like unplugged you know we had someone watch church my brother was in town he watched church and we were able to go out and yes we were there for a wedding but the wedding was only one night and we were gone two nights so we were able to really spend quality time together again I know that that isn't feasible for everyone so if that's not something that you want to do or if that's not for you And then being intentional about at-home date nights are really going to be your best friend But again, you need to have open communication with your partner about this So that way it's on you guys are on the same page, like put the phones away Put all electronics away, you know, if you want to watch a movie or something, that's fine But really take the time to be connected to your person and like Be present and in the moment because I feel like a lot of times why we feel like it's just kind of repetitive is because you know we're just doing the same thing over and over again and we're living such fast-paced lives like everyone has something going on constantly whether that's work or family like we're all just kind of going 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 all the time but when you take the time to really unplug and just like focus on the two of you you're going to really strengthen your relationship so I'm going to stop there but I will uh Maybe I will do a whole episode about this because again, lots to say about it. But that, you guys, is going to be the end of this week's My Thoughts Exactly. Thank you guys so, so much for tuning in. Again, I am so, so happy that you are here. Make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Follow us on Instagram. That way you never miss an episode. I will be back next week for you guys with a brand new one, and I hope to see you there. Bye, guys.